The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, December 18th, 2018, season 14, episode number 98. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Today we got a gumbo show. We got a lot of stuff we're going to throw at you. Mm. Uh, a lot of different topics we'll hit throughout the show. Uh, how's everybody doing this morning? I think, I think I'm doing fine. Why just you? Well, I was going to say, I think we're doing fine, but I was going to let Dave talk for himself. So okay. I think oh, we're doing fine. I'm doing great. Thanks. Right. I, I wasn't sure where you were going with answer. that. Yeah, it was a very weird answer. I'm, I'm a weird guy. Great. Kind of. Just a little bit. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got weird tendencies sometimes. You, you do. It's the holiday season. You know, it's Christmas time. It's that time of year. There's a cool in the air. This Playoffs are happening often. Morning. What? You guys come in and you're chip more chipper than I am. True. I feel like right now you guys are like taking the level up a notch, so maybe I need to step it up. A Happy holidays. Happy. There you go. You know what? I'm, I'm always in a You know what I'm kind of sad about? Was it? I'm sad that even though we can watch the original, uh, you know, like when you see a movie and you like it and you kind of wish there was a sequel, even okay. though it won't be as good, you just want to see more. You're talking about Cowboys versus Indy? Uh, no, oh. no, that one was like Rocky Five to me. Yeah, bad it idea. Didn't happen. <laughs> um, no, I think um, the the video that Kent did with the with Jason Garrett talking to the, the kids, kids last year. I don't think we're gonna do it again, and I'm sad about that. But I understand when it's really good, you don't want to, re- you know. But I, I wish there would be another one. You know, I will say this though: I don't think there's anything wrong with kind of resurfacing That's stuff. That's fine. Like, I was pretty. That's I'll go what, back and watch a, a, a movie. I'm the ex, I'm the exact opposite of you. Like I don't. I hate sequels. Like I can only think of like two or three that are good. Okay. Because like you just you don't need to beat a good idea into the ground until it's not good anymore. Just reflect on the old one that was great. Like you can go watch the Jason Garrett Christmas video whenever you want. Or, I know. I know. But like or any or I'm trying to think of another. You know. We don't need to see another Lethal Weapon. You can just go watch the I, great original I, one. I, I get yeah, but it. But Rocky, you did need to see Rocky Three. You did need to see Rocky Four. I mean, that might be like okay. There's Hold something on. something about guys from y'all's generation like Rocky. I think with like, Rocky. Bah! Yeah, like <laughs> well, I don't know why y'all love Rocky so I much, but I don't know. Anyways, but I, I will say this: a couple of weeks ago, I thought about that video, and I was sitting there in Garrett's press conference. It was like a Friday. It wasn't one of his best. And I started <laughs> thinking about that video, and like you can make almost any answer. And I'm in the back, like laughing. And one of the PR guys is like laughing, like like looking at me. I'm just like because Garrett says something about you know he works really well in groups. You it's know, really valuable and, part of our football team. There you go. That could be any question, anything. Right? But it was like it just works really really well. You know, he's not he doesn't get a lot of the spotlight. And I'm thinking like what the question like, what do you think about you know blitzing? You know, what type of reindeer is he? He was just like, doesn't get a lot of pop. Really doesn't. And I just started laughing. But he's about, he's been on the team for a long time. He's been right. a valuable member of this team for a long he time. He was talking about, like, Damian Wilson or something like that. We'll let him join in our reindeer games. Exactly. 
All right, let's get to it. We got a lot of different things we want to hit today. Um, I do have a big topic I want to hit a little bit later. I want to talk about this quarterback and really talk about quarterbacks around the NFC. I think that's something that we haven't really talked much about. Can I just say, yay? All right, good. <laughs> Arguing about Dak, my favorite thing to do. Before we get there, though, I, I would like to talk a little bit about Jason. I'm sorry, about uh, Jerry Jones. He had a, a, a conversation here on the local radio station, uh, the fan that he does every Tuesday morning. And this morning had a couple things that he hit that I want us to talk about. First, Taco Charlton. Um, he's been an, an inactive for the last two weeks, even though he's been healthy for the last two weeks. Um, and I'll start this discussion for those who really aren't kind of don't know what's going on here. Can you give people a sense as to why? I know it's not completely uh, known why, but what are, what are the things you've heard and, and what do you think is going on here as to why this guy's been inactive for two weeks when he's been healthy? Well, number one, he's not producing. I mean, that's what it comes in practice. To. Uh, I mean, mainly in the games. I mean, he doesn't was he have one sack or something like that? I mean, is that appreciably different than what you've gotten from Randy Gregory? Randy Gregory's got yes. five sacks. Yes. So, and yeah. Randy Gregory is second on the team in quarterback pressures uh behind Demarcus Lawrence and not by a, not a lot actually and so he does get pressure and and he and he's a little bit more active now he's a penalty machine we know that i mean and and at inopportune and times very very bad times but um yeah i think i think you're getting more from him i mean I, would, the, would those numbers be the same i guess the way i should have asked that is do you think that if Taco would have had the same opportunities, because Taco's missed games, yeah. you think if he'd had the same opportunities, maybe he has the same kind of no, production that Randy Ray? I don't. Actually, the thing about it is, is if you want to compare Taco to anybody, it would be Dorrance Armstrong, mm -hmm. and their numbers are very comparable. And I think that's the problem, is that you know he's a rookie, fourth-round pick, Taco's his second year, more that's expectations. Right. And I just don't think that he's he's done much. And, and um you know, we saw this last year, or was it two years ago, or seven? I don't remember. But uh, you know, Benson Mayowa was a guy that they had some high hopes for, and they're not afraid to put him on an inactive, healthy scratch. We don't a hundred percent know the details, that, and and that's by design. They try to keep that stuff in house as much as they can. But it's pretty obvious that Taco has drawn the ire of this coaching staff. Whether that's uh, well, certainly production is part of it because if you're just getting if you're racking up sacks nobody cares I mean that's line one but he's not and so attitude uh maybe entitlement maybe you know first round pick maybe feel like he's a little bit too big for his britches Rod Marinelli had this to say uh somebody asked him about Charlton uh this was before the Colts game he said well we just keep moving along I'm like well Okay, he said. He said it's it's kind of been out there. It's not something I want to talk about. I'll just leave it at that. I'd rather talk about our guys, our two tackles, Daniel Ross and um and Antoine Woods. Or, excuse me, Malik Collins. Yeah, no, yeah, his his, a lot. his unwillingness to talk about it speaks enough. Um, and he's talking about two guys that are kind of you know under the radar type guys that are playing really well, working hard, hustling, hustling. which is his big thing, right? Which, you know, I don't want to put words in Taco Charlton's mouth. I want to be careful about that. But like I said, whether it's entitlement, you know, first round pick, thinking he's better or more deserving than he is, whether it's attitude, maybe, you know, Randy Gregory's taking snaps away from him in the game plan and he thinks that's BS. I don't know. But I would guess it is something related to that. And it has clearly pissed the coaching staff off. Um Jason Garrett, two weeks in a row, has said we want them to earn the opportunity, which to say that about a first-round pick is just not good. 
you would assume that that he's going to do that regardless because he should be one of the most talented guys in that rotation just by virtue of being the 28th overall pick. Um, which the interesting thing, again, this is just me completely speculating, but I feel like I have a pretty good idea of how things work in this organization. So this is the coaches. They take his jersey away from him two games in a row. And, you know, Jerry and Stephen Jones sit in on these meetings every Monday. And the coach – and it's it's so funny. Like, you can hear these talking points. Case in point, yesterday Jason Garrett said to us, you know, in, in the side after his press conference, he's like, well, this game kind of reminded me a little bit of the Tennessee game, and here's why. And that literally, like, at the same time, Stephen Jones goes on the fan, and he's like, well, this game kind of reminded me of the Tennessee game, and here's why. So, you know, they have Were these – the same reasons? Yeah, of course. And they have these, you know, they have these staff meetings. They go over the game. The coaches give their grades. They talk, this is what went wrong. This is what went well. And, uh, you know, the front office offers their ideas, and it all kind of comes together to a talking point or a game plan for the coming week. And for Jerry Jones to come on here today and say – well, you know, you look back and maybe Taco should have had a jersey. That's to me that suggests like, well, all right, I'm going along with what you're saying, coaching staff. Like I hear you. Like you're not happy with Taco. Great, he's a first round pick. I'm. I'd kind of like to see him if I'm paying this guy. And by the way, the results this last week suggested that you could use help. Yeah. Like I don't know if he's yeah. going to be the help, but he's what you got. He's yeah. a first round pick. You could have used help this week. Maybe you need to get him out there. And and I think that's that's Jerry Jones's gentle way of saying like eh, I don't know how I feel about sitting Get him this, out there yeah yeah come yeah. on out there let's and, go and he's been out now for two games yeah. and you know and, and they've been winning you know it's one thing to pull pull him out and just not doing anything and he's hurt and and he's you know and this team's having success but. It's like okay, you know, it's a wake up call. I think I think he he should get the message loud and clear. Let's see how he plays after that. And if I remember, Mayowa. I mean, I say this because here's a guy that they they had some high hopes for. They draft. I mean, they they signed him as a free agent, restricted free agent, and gave him some money, and then they benched him. And then he came back, and I believe he might have led the team in sacks. He might. I mean, six. I mean, it's not a lot. Yeah, but, he had six, I think. So I I think they're wanting to see what Taco does as they come back, and and you know, all eyes will be on him. I will say. I think we all know by by now. Rod Marinelli carries a pretty big stick around here. You know, I mean his philosophies and his He's desire it, yeah. yeah and it, dri- it drives their draft their drafting their decision making there so i'll be curious to see i mean if if rod marinelli's just absolutely not having it he's like i don't want to play this guy and this guy's more deserving like what wins out there it's uh, it's a little mini storyline to watch i think this game. And, and i don't for the most part jerry wins yeah no absolutely of course of course like, he, he can be convinced he but can. if you don't convince him Ultimately, right, yeah, like to like he he won, he, you know. On, well, on the, he won initially, but eventually he had to go, right? Oh yeah, but I mean, Parcells didn't want him, and it wasn't right. Parcells that was here when he was cut. But when he was cut, though, Jerry notoriously yeah, bites yeah, on yeah. the napkin. Yeah, love you, you but go, you're gone. Gotta go, bro. No, I, I know. Mean, I, I'm so. just saying. It, it, you know what? He's always said that too. If, if you've heard this a thousand yeah. times, if there's a tie. I break. I break it, right? Yeah. Which, and yeah, obviously, break it amongst yourselves. If not, I break it. Here we go. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know. So it's an in, interesting subplot to this game. Which, I mean, even if he plays, I don't. I, I don't really believe he's going to like take over the game. But that's my you know? question. Do you think he can help right now? Do you think that? Do you think that he having another pass rusher 
can help. And even if, uh, and I don't want you to get too far to this because we're going to talk about this next defensive tackle position, but do you think that he could help and that gives you a little more flexibility flex, flexibility with Crawford to where he's spending a little bit more time at tackle than it end? He helps. I mean, it's like a taco, you know? Don't get full on one taco. You have to get something. Depends on how big it is. Right. Well, nobody orders a taco. No one does one taco. That's pretty true. You taco. Know? You right. got to get at least two. You get to get two. That's because you want the variety. Three. Kinds of tacos. It, it comes with something else, right? Most things that you order comes like with a taco, which is good. It's a complimentary thing. That's what you need. Be complimentary. <laughs> so are you just telling me taco will never be the man because you just can't have just one taco? Well, I feel I, I've been Has he shown you that he's going to be the main course of anything. No, I've been holding out hope. I've I've been. Hey, I'm I'm the chief taco defender. Like I'm you know, even back to draft before the draft. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody, you know, he doesn't have the raw athleticism of a Randy As Gregory Michigan sweater. This is, I, I get Notre Dame usually when oh, I okay. wear this either way. Rugby. Um, right. I, I I defended him all, saying like okay he's not he's not this just raw athlete but he's he can play the position like you're not gonna get the 15 sack guy at the 28th overall pick he can do this he can do that I I mean I have to fess up and say I I haven't seen it and I, he would help just in the sense that he's another pass rusher in uniform but he hasn't made an impactful play it seems like since September you know so. I have a hard time did, uh, buying it right now. <laughs> did Byron Jones have a player that was drafted around him that the Cowboys were like, man, they should have taken him? I mean, it always sucks to have a guy like Chaco does that same position. Well, actually, uh, Watt, right? Oh, yeah, yes. Or they, they could have had TJ Watt. So and he has 11 sacks right now. And gosh, how much better would this defense be? Right. Now, you got to also factor in he's doing that in a three four defense where he's playing True. outside linebacker, and that was whole the, thing the whole reason. Right, right. the very, whole very reason different. he's not here is because they didn't think he could do that. Right, which who knows? I kind of think he could have. <laughs> Maybe he could have. I'm just saying that that needs to be noted that that is a difference. There. I agree. To be fair, um, the guy that got pegged with Byron a lot, uh, we talked about Nelson Aguilar. The Eagles took him instead, but then and I don't really he wasn't on the Cowboys radar, but Landon Collins was taken five picks later. Mm. So he should have saved some safe safety issues. There's always there's if you look if you look you can find a guy that's balling out five spots after you and it's probably at every pick for every sure. team like you go to third round there's somebody that was selected after your guy although in the third round where you're like yeah that guy I really better I do think the Watt Taco thing is a little unique it's the same position it was the same range but different kind of players sure but I mean that's. That's on your scouting department to say. I mean, maybe you should it, go to three, four. <laughs> I don't know. You've been preaching that one for a couple well, of years. Here. You're, you're absolutely. I mean, we we don't know for sure that Watt would excel as a four three down end, but I bet you he'd have made more plays in the last thirty games. And the other part of that too is maybe he made more play. He'd make more plays as a pass rusher. But on those rundowns, he gets blasted off the line. So you can't really use him the way you want to use him in a 4-3 defense or a defense plays a lot of nickel, those kinds of things. All I'm saying is because they're different players, it's hard to make that comparison. But sure. it certainly is hard to look up there and see those and 11 sacks and they, be like, you think we made they, a right decision. Do you think they have a 3-4 nose? Because about three or four weeks ago, I don't know if we did. but Antoine? Antoine, yeah. Antoine could play it. Why are you okay. trying to? Why are you? Why are you trying to do this? He's been doing this for the last couple of years. I know. I, I, I remember he was on that hey, kick at the end of last year. Like I didn't have a note. They got everything they I, need. I didn't have one. I was like, I, I don't. Know. I don't have. I don't have that guy. Well, maybe I do. 
Mm. Let's take our first break. We'll come back. Uh, I do want to talk about the defensive tackle position. They got pushed around a little bit this last game, and we hadn't been used to seeing that. I want to talk to you guys about how concerned uh, you sh- you are or fans should be about the defensive tackle position going forward. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk ex- and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Sometimes I wish you guys could just hear the kind of stuff we talk about in the break. Or- it varies. Sometimes it's about uh, politics. Yeah, sometimes. Well, every once in a while. We've had a couple, though. It does day. vary, the but it's... we had one. Yeah, no, we had like... Oh, we were a little worried that it got on air, right? You weren't here. You weren't here. Me, AG, and Nick like just had a very civil, intelligent, productive political conversation, which is... That one doesn't of the, happen in America. I know. That's, that's what I'm awesome. saying. And then it was like, oh, we're back Differing on. opinions, too? Yeah. Well, no, man, okay. not really. Because then it's civil when everybody agrees. Yeah, yeah. Especially people disagree, then You're it right. becomes very uncivil. So It's always different, but I'm always glad that it's not going out over the air, usually, whatever we're talking about. Hopefully Kent keeps us, keeps yeah. us quiet in those Keep us safe, Kent. <laughs> He's our offense. All right, let's, uh, let's jump back in. Defensive tackles. Um, last week, no, I don't think it's any, any stretch to say that they struggled last week. Uh, you just look at how the, the Indianapolis Colts were able to run the ball, particularly up the middle. It was play after play where they were just basically gashing the Cowboys. 
uh, defensive front. A lot of that was because defensive tackles were getting moved around, uh, weren't able to get off blocks. And that was in some instances, I think, even exposing the linebackers in a way to where offensive linemen were getting to the second level really, really quick and being able to wash those linebackers out. And the one thing we know about those two linebackers is I think they are really good when they are able to be athletic and just fly to the ball. They weren't able to do that. So all that being said, um, Jerry talked this morning on the radio show. He said uh, David Irving is is a guy that he expects to play before the season is over. There's only two more games, so the expectation is that he should be back this week or next week would be my assumption based on what Jerry said. He got there. What? What do you? What do you? You look like you're working something up here. What? Well, first of all, I mean he he could be talking about the playoffs. He didn't say regular season. Yeah, he just said this year. So this season, he could be talking about the playoffs, and also just, uh, that that has officially entered believe it when I see it territory, and that I mean, Jerry, Jerry has always kind of been more on the like pro David Irving side. Like, oh, we're gonna get him out there. He's like, pro player. Well, sh- of course, yeah. I mean, he, no, oh, he loves his players. There's no course. doubt about that. Yeah, and and, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Taco. Is you know. Are the are the coaches and him on the same page with that? Because just because Jerry wants to see it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Which I'm, clearly he's the owner. <laughs> As we talked about no, last, and he he definitely has that ability. But this just feels different. I mean, we've talked. We haven't seen David Irving. He hasn't. Untrue. He's not, around here. We haven't seen him often on the on the field. We haven't seen him on the field. Like we we haven't seen him. As much as we've seen other guys, like he just he is. In the last couple of weeks, I've started to see him around the building more. A little bit more. Yeah. It how, is, about it? how about it? Practice. Yeah, it's not. He's not talking about practice. It's not following the script that other absences follow. Yeah, like he's not out there with the trainers. He's not. You don't see him. You know, Tavon no Austin for him. Tavon he's Tavon has Good been dance. at practice every flipping day since he got he hurt. He's going to be out there dancing. Yeah, uh, right. sure. I mean, hey. You can make all the tongue in cheek comment, comments you want, but like I, good for him that he's out there. I being agree part of it. You know, I agree with that. So no, that it's hasn't not been the good case. for him because right. we're getting <laughs> here we derailed go. here. Here we go. Sometimes, and Brada said it one time. It wasn't about Tavon. It was about a player who's not here anymore, and the guy had been hurt like all the time. It was at training camp, and he was just like walking by our tent, and Brada was sitting there, and he looked at this guy, and he's just like. You know, he was like right in the middle of practice. He walks off because, you know, he's been he ain't practicing. He was like, yeah, not practicing. And, and Brian goes, you ever see those guys just feel like, you know, they're just really excited about being hurt. <laughs> you know, they just like, this is good. This, this is the life. Just rehab. Here's the thing. And I feel like Tavon is really excited about being hurt. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. And that's I that. this. I, I, I take that type of stuff a little bit personally because the the manner in which I carry myself often suggests that I don't give a damn either, you know. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Who are you? You don't. Are you being sarcastic? Yeah, that's yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to judge. I don't want to judge that. Like he, he's a happy guy who likes to dance, and that doesn't mean that he's happy about it. You're not. That's playing, actually a great point because it is a great. Point. That is a it really is a great, great point. point. Yeah. But okay, you were right. You would be right on this situation if. He doesn't gyrate for the last six weeks with a groin injury dancing. If you have a groin injury, that's are you sure that that gyration football. requires use of the groin? Yes. You positive? Yes. You I'm think, not positive. You think? And I'm not going to mimic the moves. No, I don't want to demonstrate. Do you think? Oh, everybody just flocked to their their screens to see this. Like, do you think get on the table dancing? Twitter. Like, <laughs> there was a video from the Bleacher Report. The only thing I saw was the movement of the leg. 
the movement of the arm. Dancing. I don't know that the groin was necessarily involved. Dancing. Thing starts there. Let's still. Dancing still in the stretch line is different from trying to capture the corner against a safety. Ah, like it's great point. not it's just not the same. Great point. I this isn't even what we were talking about. I don't point point being it's a gumbo show. We can do this. Go David I just I'm in the driver's seat. I mean you're in the driver's seat, I'm in the front, I just take the wheel sometimes and just <laughs> I gotta see David Irving doing something football related before I believe that it's happening. And and Jason Garrett kind of downplayed the thought of him practicing yesterday. So that doesn't give me confidence he'll be ready for the Bucks. Then there's only one more game. So, but I mean. That game's not going to matter. If this is going to happen, this is just a prediction on my part. But if this is going to happen, it's going to be they win a playoff game. And they're in like the divisional round. And all of a sudden he's here and everybody's just jacked and like, oh, my God. And then he plays like eight oh snaps. God. Yeah, he plays like eight snaps against the Saints. Like okay, that's so my prediction for how this goes. Back to the defensive tackle conversation then. Do you think that, and this takes us back again to the defensive end conversation, is that the reason why maybe you need to get more from Taco, at least get him into the game and into the rotation so that you can get a little more experience and reinforcement at the defensive tackle position. Again, yep. that's if you think that what we saw Sunday was more than an aberration. Because it could be a situation where that was just a poor game. We, we've already said that. That defense, I don't think overall that's how that defense is going to perform going forward. But if you don't believe that, if you do believe that's a sign of maybe things to come, then you probably need to screw up your defensive tackle position. And there may not be another option to be able to do that other than Tyrone Crawford, right? Right, which means then it trickles down. Right. To, to, yeah, and that's the thing about Taco. He, when he was playing well, he was re- doing pretty good as, as a run stopper and um, not just as a as a rusher. So, yeah, I mean, I think you, you would like to have him there, and I think Tyrone Crawford is better in the middle of the field. I one agree. Of the, one of their best plays of the season was a goal line stand on Kamara um, mm. with, and and. You know, a lot of play, a lot of players did a nice job there. Demarcus Lawrence might have gotten the tackle. He got the tackle because Tyrone Crawford was Stonewall Jackson right in the middle there. Just not, it wasn't going anywhere. Historical reference. Yeah. There we well, go. Like what it. happened? Those other linebackers did a nice job of filling. Tyrone Crawford made the play. I think when he's playing tackle, I think that's their best line. Yeah, I really do. I think with Woods, Crawford, and then Lawrence and. Gregory when he's not making penalties. Lawrence and Charlton. I just I I have no choice but to look at it as an aberration. And maybe it wasn't, but I I'm looking at it right now. Okay. These are these are the rushing offenses the Cowboys have played this year. Number 1 Seattle, number 3 Carolina, number 5 Tennessee, number 6 Houston, number 8 New Orleans. Uh and then the next one's number 17 Washington. Did you see a Colts? pattern there? They're all uh, no the Colts. The Colts all are, except for one were losses. Okay, I'll counter that though. Okay, they played really well against most of those. I, I get that, and that's fine. Well, I'm just saying a common thread there is at the end of the day, all those teams except for one ended up being losses. But I really think I think the Colts' ability to run the ball was a big part of the reason why the Cowboys lost that game. Agree. That was the only game this year, other than maybe Seattle, where the running game really killed them like it was ah, the reason why they i would i would argue carolina cam killed them in the first half they buckled down they did buckle down but it was so that's why i don't think it, it was a killed them big part of how right. they built a 10 nothing lead at halftime though where again i mean seattle got i think they had like 130 all-purpose yards it took them like 45 carries to get there like they did not kill they, those there's guys. something to be said for being committed to the run yeah too, and that's what that's, seattle's been all season they're committed to it but i just 
you did uh, up until Tennessee had some success, but really up up until this Colts game, none of those teams were just murdering these guys the way the Colts did. Right, and that's I just chalk it up to, and not, we we knew the offensive line was good going in. I don't think anybody thought they were that good, and then I think this this front seven just played their worst game of the season. But I don't. It's not enough for me to just be ringing alarm bells. You know, I thought um, the first drive of the game, they they got the ball at like the 40 after the block field goal and then went down and scored. We've seen that before. We've seen Washington do that at Washington, first drive of the game. That, that happens. Um, changes a little bit when you're on the 40. And I and the Cowboys got the ball back, and they were driving, and they had that possession with Olawale dropping it. I, I thought, I said to you, I, I think they're in good shape. I think this, I, th- I see what Marinelli will do. He will fix that stuff in there, all those traps and stuff in the middle. Of the, they'll sh- they'll they'll shore that up. They'll be fine. And that didn't happen. They drove down again and again. And then, seemed like they got better. And after the third the third quarter, that first drive, I mean, that was the one that was really alarming. You would think the Cowboys needing the stop, coming in after the break, and they got gashed again. And I thought, wow, this is this is not what I'm used to seeing. And this actually, again. Stephen Jones and Jason Garrett both kind of touched on this. It was a little bit reminiscent of Tennessee. Like I see what they're talking about in the sense of you saw what you expected to see at the beginning of that game. The offense was moving the ball, red zone problems. We know that the defense, they, it was uncharacteristic, but they managed to keep it within 10. And then whether it was the drive at the end of the second or the drive at the start of the third, either way, I think the defense gave up a score, the offense couldn't answer, and you're just your energy level just plummeted. I don't want to say they threw in the towel, but they just didn't have that momentum or that spark that they needed to keep playing that way, which is the same thing that happened, remember, against Tennessee. They score early, had a chance to make it like 21-3, to I think, did not do it, and the next thing you know, they're just lifeless, and the Titans are converting third down after third down after third down. I think it was really similar in that regard. Yeah, and if you look at it, uh, you, you talk about the, the, those teams that you mentioned earlier that, that the Cowboys have played that are in the top 10 in rushing. Look at the NFC playoffs right now. All six teams that are in the playoffs pose significant challenges in the running game. You look at, obviously, the, the, the New Orleans and Los Angeles Rams, um, then Chicago, um, and then you get to the wild card, Seattle, who you've already played, and Minnesota, who last week showed how powerful their running game yeah. can be. I think they went over 200 yards yeah. uh, with their two backs last with Dalvin. You know, fired their coordinator because he wouldn't run the ball. And then they ran it, and all of a sudden now it's Wait, looking like it may you have been know, I, I say that out loud yeah. on the podcast? You know, that's right. Exactly what happened. Um, you know, what, what? one thing, you're looking at the playoff picture, I understand the Cowboys have to get there. And if they, if they don't get there, then we'll be talking about a lot more than just playoffs. But uh, So I, I do think that they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, and, and there's, it looks like New Orleans is going to be the one. And so you win this game. If you can win that game in the playoffs, you can, you know, you would think you'd play there. However, if Minnesota is the six, the fact that Chicago could lose that game, I think Chicago's playing well and especially at home, but a division game, Minnesota yeah. going there, that would be the team that could upset Chicago, in my opinion, which means they would go to the, the number one seed. If that is the way it shakes out also. Um, but but there's w- a possibility that, that Seattle gets jumped by Minnesota? Yes, there it's is. It's possible, yeah. Actually, but right now. I think I, Seattle would have to lose both of these last two. I started playing around with all the different scenarios. Right now, those last, those last two spots, 
there are four teams that have a legitimate chance. Like there are things you, you say, oh, that definitely could happen over these last two weeks that could put um, Seattle, Minnesota, Philly, or Washington into the playoffs. And by the way, in all different spots between five and six. So there's no guarantee Beating. right now that the Cowboys necessarily are facing Seattle in the first round, let's say, for example. There's a lot of things that can happen to change that. Beating the Rams gives the Eagles a scary, mm-hmm. realistic chance at making the playoffs. No which, doubt about it. Which is, Seattle yeah. plays KC this weekend, too. So that's a game that they could lose. Yeah. And that changes everything about that, that bottom uh, part of the division. No, but what I was going to say is um, if the Vikings make the playoffs as a six— that creates a wacky scenario where the Bears and Vikings play twice in a row because they're their Week 17 opponents. Okay. So that that's, that's just a guarantee for something wacky to happen if they have to play. You know what, though? I, I will Sunday. say this about that, and you weren't here for this in really? 2009, but but we thought the same thing of Philadelphia. The Cowboys beat them 24-0 yep. last game of the season to clinch the NFC East, and then they faced them again. And no one was oh, liking God, that no. scenario at all, and then they kicked rolled, their ass rolled over them. Whooped them bad. I mean, like, oh, it was, it's possible. Yeah. Felix. That reminds me of um, Felix. the year Adrian Peterson won MVP. He dragged the Vikings to the finish line against the Packers in the Metrodome, just went off and got them into the playoffs. And then they had to go to, they played them again the next week as the 3 6, and the Packers just beat their ass. Destroyed them. Wow. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. I do want to talk about this quarterback situation. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. 
Find Stetson Hats in the Pro Shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Dave, tell us a little bit about Tommy John. The don't thing don't about, read the first line. Don't read. Uh, oh, I, I don't do. I don't like the reads. Okay. Thing about Tommy John is that it's just the most comfortable underwear I've ever owned. Feels like you're not wearing anything. Uh, I save it for big occasions. Like it's my it's my big day underwear. Busy day, stressful big day. day. I like it's that. big day underwear. It's comfy. EDU. Never bunches up. You never have to readjust. I wouldn't steer you wrong. Because if it was something that I didn't really feel passionately about, I would just do the read and be like, oh, okay, whatever. Here, here's that. But I really like Tommy John. I can't recommend it highly enough. And that's why I think you should go to TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You can get 20% off your order. You can get some for you. You can get some for whoever's on your Christmas list. It's just good stuff. I was about to say something. Then I realized that I do about 95% of the read. So if I have a decent point, I will just wait until another time to do it. Because I'm not going to say it and waste it here. And Dave already did a great job with him. Okay. Mine aren't as funny as Nick's. Oh, okay. That's a... You have to say the same thing over and over. I mean, you don't have to. No, I mean, you're trying to find different ways oh, yeah. to say the same thing is different. Yeah. But he he brought something up, and I'm you know, we're just something. we're really hoping that the Cowboys can give Taco Charlton a kick in his butt. And if you need a kick in your butt, you can go to TommyJohn.com and upgrade <laughs> your such a good pitch man underwear. Yeah. Otterbox Rico, right. like he's all over the place now. He's just a pitch guy. I you know. Speaking I'd... of sack, uh... <laughs> ah, I should have yeah, said that. All right, let's jump back in. We only have about seven minutes left. I did want to talk about the quarterback position. And I Dak. had this question posed to me yesterday. thought it was a good topic, and I'm almost sad that we're having to only spend seven, six minutes on it. But when you look around the NFC, and I know Dak has taken a, quite a bit of a pounding, and a lot of it is, is kind of deserved. He hasn't played uh, well all season. There have been a lot of moments in different games where he hasn't played well. Um, but all that being said, when you look around the NFC and you look at how those quarterbacks are performing, outside of Drew Brees, and you could probably say the same thing about Russell Wilson, what other quarterbacks do you think are necessarily playing better, especially right now, than Dak Prescott? Well, I'm, And I'm talking about NFC guys that are in the playoffs, that are projected to be in the playoffs. I, I mean, oh. the, right now is not a great time to have this conversation, but Jared Goff has had a really nice season. Um, not over the last few weeks, though. No, no, no. He's struggling well, mightily. Dak, and that's, yeah. Well, Dak, you really hadn't had a great season, and over the last couple of weeks, he had played better. So, yeah. you, I mean. And going into the playoffs, what matters most is how are you playing right now? I guess the point of what I'm saying and what I'm asking here is, is there a quarterback? Like, normally, Aaron Rodgers is in the playoffs, and you're like, that's the problem. Like, yeah. that is your problem because he is so uh, good that weird. he masks all the other problems that the team has. Is there that kind of quarterback in the playoffs this year that you're so afraid of? And I don't even want to say it from the – like the team's not afraid of them. But just as a fan, you're, you're, you're so apprehensive about this quarterback yeah. that that clouds everything else. No, I don't think so. But I don't like your argument, though. I mean, I know where you're going there, and, and you're saying – It's really that, not an argument. It's more of a question. It's a quick question. question. Is there posted. anyone else – if you think Dak sucks, well, a lot of teams are dealing with quarterbacks that aren't that great, and I, I get it. But, but on, this, on the flip side – just by you would say, I'm not worried about Kirk Cousins or I'm not worried about Jared Goff or Trubisky or whatever. No one's worried about Dak either. Right. So they're here for another reason. The Bears are here for another reason. The Vikings would be here for another reason. The Cowboys are certainly here for another reason. So I I get what you're saying. And I, and I don't you're like, how important is it really if your quarterback's not 100%? I, I get that. But I, I think that 
you know, we, we've seen that other teams aren't going to be worried about what Dak does either. But I guess that's where I start to, and now I will make an argument. Here we go. That I think that if you look at it from that perspective and you're not really worried about any of these quarterbacks, then guess what? What are you worried about? Well, the run game. You would think the Cowboys are up there. They got the yeah. best rusher in the NFL as far as the number of yards are concerned. The defense, Cowboys are right up there with some of the best defenses in the league. So I guess what, I, what I'm kind of getting to is if all the quarterbacks are kind of right there, not really playing great other than Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Okay. Right. I, and we've already said, I, that's, I started saying those okay. are the two that you would put as outliers. Who, who have played against the Cowboys this year and didn't really go off. Exactly. Neither one of them is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Right. I mean, as far as how they've played the Cowboys. The Cowboys played Drew Brees better than anybody maybe Absolutely. has ever. But it, Although he didn't do much last night either. It is looking increasingly likely that the Saints will be in the Superdome for as long as they're alive in the playoffs. And if, the hit, if, yep. that, if that guy in that building in the playoffs doesn't scare you, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, though, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, it's the timing of this sucks because, I mean, Dak didn't play well the other day. Nobody played well the other day. Right. But, Including the defense that you like, right? I mean, I just, I mean the timing of it was terrible, but I, I still stand by everything I wrote in my column last week, which is, you know, I, I think I said back in like week two or week three, like, I don't have to make a decision on Dak Prescott. This whole thing is an audition. Like, the length and breadth of this season, even the bad parts, like, I'm – I'm I'm fine with him as the guy. I really am. And yep. he's got a lot of growing to do as a passer. I don't know if he'll ever become the the guy. And I mean basically winning a Super Bowl. I don't know if he'll ever do that and I don't know if he'll ever be on a Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers type of level, but the intangibles that he brings to the table, the face of the franchise stuff on top of what he's been able to accomplish as a passer, which is not insignificant. Like he is not terrible by any stretch of the imagination regardless of what one, what some people want to tell you, um, it's enough for me to think that it's probably not realistic that they're going to find a better option anytime soon. And so I'm down with buying in on this 25-year-old guy with a lot of it factor who has a lot of room to grow but has shown all the signs in the world that he's willing to do the work and is smart enough to improve. Should the fact that he's been sacked 51 times, which is second in the league this year behind Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson, should that factor into this evaluation of Dak Prescott? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, it also should factor into Scott Linehan and the offense. Um, you know, if you go back and look at, at – there's a reason why Andrew Luck – doesn't get sacked a whole lot. Um, I mean, who's a better athlete, Luck or, or Dak? I mean, I, I mean, it's probably close. I mean, I mean, Dak's probably thinks better athlete, but you know, I mean, Luck's pretty good too. But I'm just saying, there's a reason why they they scheme plays open a lot quicker, and and I think it goes to some of these receivers, some of the, the route running. It's it's everything. The offensive line hasn't been good. His his process and decision making is it's it's a bunch of things that go into the plays. It's not because he is he's not very mobile and he can't get around people. You know, he's probably avoided 25 sacks this year that most people can't. So I think there's it's not just Dak, it's a lot of things. This offense, I don't think he gets the ball out quick. I don't think he processes things as as quicker as some of the other quarterbacks. No, which is natural for a third-year guy. That all goes oh, yeah. yeah, he's I mean I don't know have the numbers on hand, but at least like 10 to 15 of these sacks are on him. Like there's I mean he will move himself into pressure or wait too long to see things come open. He's got a lot of room to grow. I'm not trying to suggest that he doesn't. 
but I have confidence that he can grow into that. And yeah, no, it's part of the evaluation of him and where he is at as a pocket passer, evaluation of the offensive line, where they thought they would be. The receivers who may not be getting open all the time as they should to give him the right target to be able to get the ball to. I think it all factors in, right? I think Dak Prescott is above average in year three, which is a pretty good spot to be in for a fourth round pick. And on top of that, the Cowboys do not have a realistic avenue to find a replacement until 2020, uh, by which point your window is starting to close on a whole lot of other players on this team, too. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a gamble. It's scary giving, a money, giving money like that to anybody. But the things I like about Dak give me confidence that it's a safe gamble. Yep. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us back tomorrow. We're going to jump into uh, Cowboys versus Buccaneers. Dave's going to give us a report on that Buccaneers offense. Number one, I think they're the number one offense in the league as far as yards are concerned. Yes. They have some problems in the red zone. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Mm. So then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?